because we want them to understand that they can execute their own power and they're not allowing others to have control or power over them by perceived judgments. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Bill Emmeheiser, and you're listening to Mental Health You, the podcast dedicated to demystifying and destigmatizing mental health issues. So if you or someone you know is struggling with depression, anxiety, trauma, or some other mental health issue, then this podcast is for you. This episode is proudly sponsored by Unison Health, dedicated to making lives better through compassionate, quality mental health and addiction treatment services. Learn more at unisonhealth.org. You are in for a treat today. We are privileged to have Kim Grauer-Dowling, a distinguished licensed professional clinical counselor renowned for her expertise in trauma and anxiety disorders, with a compassionate heart, extensive qualifications, and unyielding passion for mental health, Kim is here to guide us through the intricacies of social anxiety. Kim, I am so excited to have you back here on the show. How are you? I am terrific. I am so excited to be here to talk about social anxiety with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your professional experience and what drew you to this kind of work? Yeah, I'm about 17 years into being a licensed professional clinical counselor. And before that, I volunteered for a couple of years at Rupert Center for Psychiatry at what was then Medical College of Ohio. When I was volunteering there, I was fortunate enough to be included in research with Dr. Angel McGrady, Dr. Ron McGinnis, and Dr. Stephen Cox regarding the link between diabetes, depression, and heart disease. And during the course of that research, we looked at the effects of biofeedback-assisted relaxation therapy and the mind-body connection, and that our systems are able to adapt to any particular environment and situation and that's just amazing to me. The interest in social anxiety comes from my experience with shyness, which is different from but related to social anxiety. Um, When I was a kid, I would rather have been part of the wallpaper than say (laughs) anything or have anyone notice me. Yeah, yeah. It's, so you, you do have a connection to this personally, which is I think it comes through in your passion for this kind of work. You know, before we get going too far, you mentioned research, and I wanted to kind of set the stage for today's show. I I was looking at some information, and I think it would be helpful to share with folks. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, social anxiety disorder affects 15 million adults, or 7.1% of the U.S. population. And social anxiety disorder is equally common in women and among men, and it typically begins around the age of 13. Yeah, and 13. 13 is hard no matter what. We either want no one to notice us or to stand out as not being normal, or we want everyone to notice that we are unique individuals. Can you tell us a little bit about and explain what social anxiety is for our listeners who may not be familiar with the term? So this definition is kind of dry because this is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders 5. Social anxiety is marked fear or anxiety about one or more social situations where the person may be exposed to possible scrutiny by others. 
the person fears that they'll act in a way or show symptoms that will be negatively evaluated by others. Social situations almost always provoke fear or anxiety and they're either avoided or endured with intense anxiety and the reactions are out of proportion to the actual threat. The fear, anxiety, or avoidance is persistent it causes clinically significant distress or impairment, and it's not attributed to any other physiological effects of a substance or the symptoms of another mental health disorder or a medical condition. Social anxiety then is, is the fear of being judged or being rejected? Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. And again, go back to 13. What's the fear of being rejected? Yeah. Yeah. Your right? social group is so important. Yeah. And so social anxieties oft most often concerned with judgment of the person themselves as opposed to like a phobia, which mm. might be about a very specific object or substance or situation. It's about the judgment. How is the Open Doors Telehealth Treatment Group valuable for somebody who's suffering from social anxiety? So Telehealth gives the opportunity for the person to already be in their perceived safe space. And when we're first meeting, members can leave their cameras blocked. As members get familiar with the sound of my voice and other participants, they're encouraged and supported when they're able to show themselves. We initially participate in soft icebreakers with no additional narratives or explanations to kind of gently expose members to social interactions that can be perceived as safe from scrutiny. In a different episode, we talked about agoraphobia and kind of dipping your toe in, like kind of easing in. This is a, another one of the benefits of this this treatment style, this telehealth treatment style, is someone can kind of work their way up to so they can kind of be anonymous. I mean, they might say something, or but they're, they don't have to show their face. And then one of the first treatment goals, I would assume, can you tell me a little bit about that? Is like like one of the objectives is to turn the camera on and be seen and and to to talk and to interact with others. And the, and even before that, when I talked about the soft icebreakers, so maybe we start out with something like, "Would you rather?" And, and give them two choices. It's really brief, but they get to hear everybody else's voices, right? And, and if they've left their camera closed, they can feel safe in giving a response. They can see the other people, right? But they're not hearing any kind of judgment from them. And we, we don't give them any additional narrative. We might give them support, you know, as we want them to respond, obviously. But that, I think that's the thing is that even in the first session, you know, they're starting on their exposures. You've, you've mentioned exposure. What, what is an exposure? So that's when we take an action to change a behavior and we mm -hmm. become desensitized. So just like think about polar bear club where people jump in the lake with ice floating in it on New Year's Day or something, right? Mm -hmm. Initially, we're going to be freezing, but eventually it feels okay, 
And that, right. and hopefully we're smart enough to get out of the water before right. <laughs> it becomes dangerous. But but that that's the idea is that we become used to it. We understand that we're in control and we're safe. Yeah. So um, you kind of is I think you've used the word habituate in, in other podcasts that we've done together. So your body essentially gets used to that discomfort. It doesn't bother you anymore, so it doesn't have power over you. And that's kind yes. of the idea. So, so when, when somebody participates in this telehealth group and, um, the more they practice, they might be uncomfortable to begin with, but as time goes on, they get better and better. I mean, this really isn't, it's a very action oriented therapy, isn't it? Yes. And I love the fact that you talked about power because we want them to understand that they can execute their own power. And they're not allowing others to have control or power over them by perceived judgments. One of the first things that we talk about is that, are you being judged? Absolutely, 100% of the time we're being judged, even if it's by our cat walking by. Right. Right. All, All systems need that really for survival. And that's another thing that we do in the first session is a very brief explanation of survival response Mm -hmm. and um, to, to help everyone understand that this is absolutely normal and we Mm -hmm. are hardwired for this and judgment means survival. Right. Right. And how we react to it. Mental Health You is brought to you by Unison Health. Unison Health, making lives better. Great. Well, what are some specific signs or indicators that might suggest that it might be the right time? Let's say somebody's experiencing social anxiety or they think they have social anxiety. When's the right time for someone to consider joining a group like the Open Doors Telehealth Treatment Group? So anytime someone notices that what they're experiencing is not working for them, limiting them, interfering in how they want to live their lives, that's the time to reach out. And we're here to help. The great thing about Open Doors is that it's only nine sessions. That's very brief for most groups. And if someone needs to continue their progression, they can then be referred to an in-person anxiety group. This kind of primes the pump and gets you ready to maybe do more treatment and and kind of work in more so in person rather than online. Right. The goal with social anxiety would be to feel comfortable in person wherever you are. And so obviously, you know, we want people to to feel as though they can express themselves and Open Doors really helps with that, supports that. But once they get there, we want to just keep going. You know, we want to own the world and feel like we can be confident anywhere. What are some self-help strategies or practical tips or exercises you might recommend? So breaking things down step by step. Um, consistent practice of progressive exposures and daily self-care to decrease physical tension. And I think a lot of people don't really think about the physical tension and how much that contributes 
to a sense of anxiety. And if we're feeling comfortable and relaxed in our bodies, our vagus nerve will reflect that. And, and then our brain will also accept that, that sense of safety. Yeah. What would that self-care look like or how would somebody achieve what are some, maybe some tips where somebody could achieve that more relaxed body? Okay. So, so there are so many different ways. I think one of the best is just to learn to become mindful, which means Mm -hmm. being where you are and just experiencing it again, without judgment, accepting whatever it is and knowing that it will pass and there will be something different and not just anxiety, whatever we're experiencing. Also doing physical things like maybe walking or yoga, meditation, color breathing, box breathing, progressive muscle relaxation. Just there are all kinds of techniques. And some of them, especially when we're talking about vagus nerve, maybe only take a minute Wow. And up to obviously meditation, people can make that whatever they want it to be. Prayer. A lot of people get release from prayer. And anytime that our muscle tension relaxes, you know, everything else feels better. Excellent. So do you do you teach some of these some of these strategies in the in the open doors telehealth group? That we do. We do actually practice a few of them um, given our ki- our time constraints. Um, mm-hmm. But one of one of the benefits I think of open doors particularly is that at the end of each session, I send all the information to each group member, including video links. Mm. So they can practice things on their own because they're the ones who need to practice it and feel it, experience it, and then they learn what works for them and what doesn't. So, for instance, the other day I heard one person where you, you start to experience anxiety and then you look quickly up in the left-hand corner of your vision or the right-hand corner of your vision. For some people, that's immediate relief. And for some people, that doesn't work so well. Right. So you can kind of pick and choose and and try and find the the technique or strategy that's going to work for you. Yeah. Customize. Nice. Excellent. Well, this is really fascinating. We're, We're starting to run out of time. If, if I'm an individual and I'm thinking, you know what, I have social anxiety or I know a family member that's experiencing it and we, we want to learn more about your Open Doors telehealth treatment group, how can folks find more information? We can always go to the unisonhealth.org, the website that always gives more information. And that also has my direct contact information on it as well. I'm always open for someone giving me a call or sending an email. I'm happy to answer questions or address any concerns that someone might have. Excellent. So that's unisonhealth.org forward slash open doors. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Kim, as always, you have delivered a ton of valuable and helpful information. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. 
thank you so much, Belle. I'm, I'm so glad to be able to talk about social anxiety, and it's always great to chat with you. Well, we really appreciate you being on. And to our listeners today, thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with us. Until next time, have a super fantastic day. This podcast has been brought to you by Unison Health. Unison Health is a nonprofit mental health agency dedicated to serving the Northwest Ohio community for the past 50 years.